welcome to the Seven Ways Podcast. Sefer Shoftim, the Book of Judges, in the Downstream from Religion, the third season of the Seven Ways Podcast. Welcome, welcome. And most importantly, please subscribe, tell your friends, and write me a review if possible. Feel free to email me comments or questions, rabbi at rabbibailey.com. This week we're going to speak about Tola and Yair, the next judges to appear in the Sefer Perak Yud. I wanted to mention, relatedly, that Radak writes that the previous uh, leader we had, Abimelech, even though he was a tragic figure with uh, many misdeeds, uh, he did save and protect the Jewish people, uh, acting as a savior, if not a shofet. And even though the text does not explicitly say so, it would not have mentioned him had it not been for him saving the Jewish people. It's not only lessons in tragic leadership, as I mentioned last podcast. Similarly, I believe we can extend Radak's approach to the next two judges, Tola and Yair. And the reason being, it does say that they were that the Hoshia as Israel they saved the Jewish people. However, um, at the same time, well, that's um, yeah, by by Tola it says the Hoshia and Yishpot, and in reference to Yair, it says Yishpot is Israel. He judged him. It doesn't mention that he saved them, but I believe because they were lead, leaders here. They saved the Jewish people. In any event, the main question I would ask in this way is why does it not mention the villains, the super villains coming to invade? And I believe that's for a very specific reason. You know, at this time, the tyranny of Avodah Zara reigned supreme. In the face of tyranny, evil symbolism of idolatry, living in fear, certain feelings and certain abilities do not flourish. Namely, Hod and Yisod Midos are rendered less potent. Okay, so as, as expected, I am going to interpret these uh, Shoftim as relating to Hod and Yisod. However, not because I'm stuffing my ideas in the text, but because I see them implicitly here. I will get into their names and what they did in a moment. Um, but just let's start this way. In terms, let's continue the thought. In terms of Hod and Yisod, they are much less potent in the face of aggressive tyranny with aggressive propaganda. Hod, uh, which which is that the pride is chashu without the claw. Uh, we relate this to viewing items, people, as unique, uh, be uh, separate from the group. They're allowed to be unique. So in that way, we are doing giving, colloquially, what we call chesed. We want to give to someone because they are unique. We want to view the Kohen Gadol and the Kohanim as unique and special, and that's okay. The Kohen with his celebrity, Kohen Gadol with the superstar celebrity, coming along to unite the Jewish people, bring Simcha, uh, part of Simcha's Yom Tov in the Chag, that uh, we're brought together. This Hod is less potent when people are living in fear. Um, you know, it's... All, you know, animals have the desire to care. They function with a certain emotional command system. Jacques Panksepp has identified this sub psychological, psychobiological researcher. You know, when we have uh, rage or fear, 
all our whole body comes together in a certain unison to react to that, to either protect us or to um, dominate others, to push them away if we're in danger. Um, and that's true of animals. Obviously, we have the higher order of functioning as humans. So the higher level functioning of caring is actually adding in chachma, adding in some sort of wisdom to the care that we do. But if we're living in constant fear, we're living in fear of losing money and our health um, that is promulgated disproportionately by the media, we are not going to be as potent with our hode. We're not going to be able to bring as many people together to unite them because we're dealing with our lower level functioning. In terms of yesod, you know, higher level innovation, creation, uh, innovation with people, business, entrepreneurship, psychological issues, entrepreneurial ventures, those have all gone down. Those, those went down in those times and they go down in our times. The epidemic of our time is not this disease, it is fear. The media, corrupt leaders, and some of the corporations, the big corporations that are evil, they want us to live in fear. Generosity is down worldwide, creativity in the arts is down worldwide, innovation in technology is down, and Yisod-type endeavors of business and taking risk have gone down. However, in, in contrast, some people who shake it off have set out to keep working and fighting to make money and have actually uh, prospered in these times. Not No need to take advantage of others to prosper, but they don't sit at home and live in fear they go ahead and they assess the risk, realistic risk. And many people have gone out and have had normal success and exceptional success in these times. The point is to shake it off. Noteworthy is in the Olympics, a lot of people actually had very successful Olympics and set records. And these people, even if they were ordered to stay home in the past year and a half COVID business, um, they made the most of it. They got in their own head and they exercised extra at home. They found ways to go outside and exercise. Interestingly, many records were actually set at these Olympics, the 2020 Olympics, that took place in 2021 in the summer. Similarly, in my psychotherapy practice, I've noticed that people who were abused or lived in scary relationships or families, they live in constant fear, and abusers keep people in constant fear. The Biderman reports. This is the report about returning um, Vietnam veterans. They studied, they reverse engineered how people are kept uh, tortured and brainwashed. A lot of it is keeping them afraid and on guard and not able to think, similar to cults. Um, and many people connect this to COVID. So I'm going to go with both avenues here, not to be controversial but to be, try to be inclusive here if you think covid is giving us fear incidentally because it's a problem and it is a real disease i can tell you that firsthand i know people that have had it but they've survived but people survive people take medicine they find their way not to be too controversial here but people who believe this was accidentally promulgated you you can still listen to too much media and be afraid or if, it's, if this is being used to usurp power and to strike fear in our hearts, which is pretty clear that it's happening worldwide, whether it's released on purpose or not, 
uh, people are taking advantage of this to control others, that is a situation of living in fear. People need to take back part of their lives. And this is what I tell my clients. I'll tell it to you. I do it myself. You know, re reduce the amount of media. You know, stick to media that is more facts-based and alternative. More importantly, take time every day, every week, every month, every year to have time that is your time. Whether it's five or 60 minutes or two hours or the whole day, take some time to do what you love, you enjoy. Put the music on if that's your thing. Think about what you want to innovate. Everyone has their own unique personality and experience. People should feel as if they own their own time. This is how I help my clients to fight um, the feelings of being abused. It could have been a workplace, not just childhood experiences, but that too. You know, it could be a workplace. Clients are telling me they can't shake the memories of that place or they they feel like drawn to that place because because part of how abuse works is people want to make people unsettled, as I said, but they then take them and try to make them part of a new group. So after a while, people can either go mad, not well, depression and God forbid suicide, which has been up, or they can have develop a Stockholm Syndrome type of behavior where they identify with the aggressor, they give in to the aggressor. All of this can be fought against. You can fight against this by finding time to be settled, not afraid, and reclaiming your own time. And I recently heard, you know, someone talk about financial matters. Gregory Manorino. He was talking in this interview about diversifying investments so that no matter what happens to the market, you're always safe. And that dovetails with his idea of, you know, the bad guys want to keep us in constant fear. It was the same thing with the Vodazara in those times, idolatry in those times. And living in constant fear doesn't help. So do what you can to work, to live in the moment, to diversify. It's a form of mindfulness, really. It's, it touches upon all levels, work, finances. Do it. Focus on what you can do with the time that you have. Of course, you know, having some extra food helps. Of course, knowing how to plant food or this and that helps. Or teaming up with other people to uh, support each other. Make reasonable accommodations to fear, to feel safe. But we need to go about our daily lives. They want us to be afraid. And that makes me want to go against them. This idolatrous, manipulative feeling. So we must shake it off. And that is what I believe Tola and Yair bring to us in these times. So let's get into it here. Uh, so I tweeted out... Um, Several tweets. I'm still figuring out how to put it on my website. I believe I have to make a big and a small picture, a long story. So uh, I tweeted it out from at Ian Paul, Bailey Paul with two L's. Bailey, the map from a Sutter of Cooks, wonderful book, a cookbook, cook with a K, the dot microbible atlas. It's in Hebrew and in English. So the map of the Shoftim. These judges are spread out throughout the country. They're all over, pretty evenly. And the Gomorrah and Sota says that each shave at each tribe and area had their own shoftim. So based on our approach, you know, shofate is not just like judging judiciously. It means to come along and make fixings in society to fix the problem that the job was not finished. Israel is not whole. So here, Tola is someone from Yisachar who lives in Harafrayim, Mount Ephraim. 
so for those at home not looking at the picture, you know, I always tell people to picture this triangle that's pointed to the left, not pointed up like a pyramid, pointed to the left. The right side is the long side that's up and down Jordan River. So about a third of the way down from the north, there's a border between Menashe and Yisachar. That's where Tola is. So we must understand why Tola is there with his personality and what tikkun is he making there, what fixing. So Abimelech, uh, after Avimelech, and I think it mentions that here for the reason we said, it mentions Abimelech, after Avimelech arose Tola because they're all in the same vein. They're not, it doesn't mention unique achievements like Ehud and Eglon and the belly and all that. There's, there are no unique supervillains achievements here. But it's a succession succession of not lesser and smaller, but just more simple, straightforward, streamlined judges. Tola ben Pua, ben Dodo, Ishusachar. Um, and he dwelt in Shamir and Harfraim, and he was buried there. So immediately, Tola and Shamir, they pop out because it means worm. Talking about a worm. Um, so I believe that th this dovetails. Well, this this gives forth to the idea that he's that he has he's bringing the hod mita. Uh, th this consistently in Tanakh and in um, the metaphors of Tanakh and in in the different chazals, worm it represents lowliness in terms of humility. Ben pua, so pua is interesting. Uh, you know the shifra and pua. The pua was is a nickname. It's a name that you're cooing to the baby. You know, I think it represents. Swashing people's fears. So again, hode and emotions. Hode goes hand in hand with emotions and with supporting individuals. Ben Dodo, Ishisachar. So some people understand Ben Dodo means he's a nephew of Avimelech. For that to work out, people would have to be from different tribes over there. So other people say, no, it's not that he was a nephew. The tribal thing doesn't work. The just his father, you know. Uh, Dodo was his grant. Was his. Uh, grandfather or something of sort so dodo the reason my uncle is called a dode is because he's beloved he doesn't have to parent you discipline you like a parent he just comes and gives you the gifts and you joke around and he goes home so beloved you know he's he's got these um parents who taught him how to be uh assuaging people's fears he had there were people who were loving in his family ish yisachar he's from yisachar and he dwelt in shemir and harfraim so immediately Yisachar, we identified as Chesed Neitzach, um, someone who is sort of, uh, he's not, he's, he's from one of the, he's from Leah, but he's not one of the main direct leaders of the Shuatim of the tribe. So we believe he's more of what I call later Chesed, more of an outstanding Chesed person. But whether he has that first meet of Chesed or not, you cross it out in terms of the psychological mathematics, so to speak. Um, because, you know, Chesed is just going to be, he's malleable, he can enhance himself. Neitzah, he, as it says in Deva Hayamim, he knew that he knew the times, the intercalations, famously identified as someone who studied Torah, supported by Zavulun. Just above him is Zavulun living on the shore. Um, incredibly amazing businessmen, maritime traders. Uh, so, so we have someone here who is wielding hode, assuaging people's feelings. And if you remember, it's sort of a, it's like a healthy version of the female of Odazar, right? We're, people who give in to their Lilith, people give in to their, um, this feminine type of 
archetype, they want someone who's a woman to come and make them feel better. They have to save themselves. So here, it's sort of this healthy assuaging of feelings, a healthy support, humanistic support, the Hod Mita, along with Neitzach. He's from a tribe. A shave at that. Is wielding analytic wisdom, dwelling in Ephraim. So once again, a Yosef tribe is, is in need of a tikkun because we know Midas Hayesod is extremely powerful. It is a catalyst to bring all things together, almost rivaling the power of Malchus. It is the second most powerful, number six in the order of the seven steps of kingship. And I believe that the message is, you know, we understand that you have innovative ideas, Mr. Yusod, but you have to slow down and think internally and boost others up. You need Yusod, as I write in my book, bring, bringing down Chazal, just like Teferis is a blending of Chesed and Gevura, Yusod is a blending of Hod and Netzach. And in terms of my psychological approach, it makes sense because the Yusod person spends time going back and forth being an ambivert. The primary part of the person is extroverted, but they spend a lot of time alone. It's not a pure extroverted, introverted matter. They, they go back and forth. People with the Mita of Yesod spend time extrovertedly feeling out the world, understanding the world, going alone, and introverted thinking. And this blends up to be its own attribute of Yesod, um, bringing down principles to human level organizing the pratim, organizing disparate parts coming together, innovating. So the problem the problem with innovation is an individual can just push forward, but are you towing the other pratim? Are you towing the tribes with you? So that was this really, really connects to what we said about Yehoshua in the introduction. You know, he's the manager, the Shvatim are the project <laughs> manager. He's the overall executive manager. Whose fault is it if a project is not finished? You don't finish the job. So, you, you know, again, Yehoshua seems to do his job. The Shvatim seem to try to do their job. I'm not going to specifically place tons of blame on people uh, on the, how to blame it. You can interpret it different ways here. But I believe, um, just as the brothers were worried that Balha Chalomos, you know, the brothers are worried that Yosef is going to have these dreams that will lead to idolatry because they're too innovative. They involve the outside world too much. In the same vein... Tola is telling the people in Shevet Menashe, you know, you live in, you have land in Israel. You have land outside of Israel, which has Yair, not coincidentally. And they overlap for a year in terms of their Shofit reign. So we understand you to be incredibly spacious, powerful people who connect us all together. We are concerned that you are going to lead us astray because we 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 all need more religious boundaries than you that's what yosef argued argued with the brothers see chapter six of the seven ways we can't handle how innovative you are we can't handle how you dance around in secular culture but come back and you stay kosher we, we don't like it we kind of understand it you know as long as yosef doesn't pose a threat to the brother a threat to the brothers to let him do what he wants to do once he tattletale once he tells on them they don't like that they're not ready for his challenges so there's that disagreement between uh, philosophical life. That is Tola, son of Pua, of Yisachar. He comes along with his emotional aspect and advice about humility, urging 
the powerful, innovative Menasha, who is well, you know, powerful in war as well, to be careful, to make sure to view others as individuals and important. And I'll give a, another taste of this from um, Positive Discipline. So there's a parenting system that I'm a big fan of. Um, I believe it dovetails with Torah values. You know, instead of just ordering your child, go put this over here, go put that over there. They talk a lot about meetings, having a family meeting, asking questions to your child to reflect, to get them to reflect and take innovative uh, accountability. Sitting down with them and saying, hey, I see your toys are all over the place. What could you do to put them away? What could we do? What could we purchase for you? What could we try for you to put them away? And in the same way, there's positive discipline in the workplace. I took this positive discipline in the workplace course, you know, managers, not just bossing people around unless it's absolutely necessary, but saying to people, hey, this is an issue. What can you do to solve it? Let's brainstorm. And it's not that the person is awful and has to go unless that's objective, but we're all working together here to plan. We want you to think. We, You see, there's a fear-based model of parenting that existed for centuries in most realms. And this began to dissipate over the last 40 years, as I sit here in 10-3-2021. Um, so getting away from that fear-based model of a hitting, threatening, reward and punishment token economy, getting more towards people who do their own achievements, they feel good about that. Learning for learning, learning Torah for learning Torah's sake. People cleaning up their room. The clean room is the reward, really. The satisfaction that you swept a room. My, um, people go to Montessori school as my children and you know they want to sweep the room they want to clean up they want to feel like adults they of course children play children's games and imagination but so much of the time that imagination has to do with real life and playing house and playing a business and those things so helping your child to have a business helping your child to feel um, independent and adult that is in and of itself the reward that satisfaction that they have so the message being you know the leader and the individuals around them how do you get those uh, children and people to be motivated you have to boost them up Manasha, to bring them together that takes humility learned from Midas Hahod over here that's what Tola brought as a tikkun overlapping is the ear and you know Yair was able to do something in the face of Avodah Zarah that actually is possible oftentimes in the face of uh, tyranny and brainwashing. He was financially successful. Okay, He shook off the Avodah Zarah messaging. It helped, I think, that he lived outside of Israel. He was able to have a little more freedom over there, doing his entrepreneurial thing. He judged Israel for 20 um, tw 22 years. Uh, let's, let's, let's pause. It's his 22 years, right? Is that significant? And is the 23 years of Tola significant at all? So just what comes to mind with Yair 22 years is the number of years that Yosef was away from Yaakov. And I believe Yaakov was away from his father for 22 years when he studied Torah. 
Rashi connects them, saying that Yaakov was sort of punished through believing Yosef was dead, ish, believing ish that he was dead. He wouldn't be consoled for 22 years because he was away from his father 22 years. Uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if this 22 years is connected because Yair is being independent from the Jewish people, but God brings him back to be involved with them, to judge them. And as I was speaking earlier, I noticed it doesn't actually say Lahoshia Sisral, but maybe the Lahoshia Sisral is going on both of these uh, Shoftim. And the, and the Radak is correct that they're all saviors. They wouldn't be mentioned otherwise. But perhaps he was separate from his brothers, Nazirecha. Perhaps he didn't save them, save them as much as judging them. And as a Yesod, Mida, he didn't mind judging them. He, you know, it's Yosef finally getting to put his brothers in the right place. In any event, he's Nazirachav. He is separate from them. He's on the other side of the Yardane, the Jordan River. And I believe that he's in the land of Manasha that is on the other side of the Yardane. It's possible, according to other maps, that he was just below that. But in any event, I still identify with him. Midas Yisod. Um, 30 sons with 30 foals, young uh, horses. Uh, 30 cities each of them had, and he called them Chobas Ya'ir. He imitated the name of the Ya'ir in the Chumash, and um, it was, this was not the same place. And he was in. Just as Yisod knows how to bring together parts, the Yisod knows how to separate those parts and still keep them connected. And, and that's Ya'ir with his 30 sons. They had 30 young horses, so they had really good cars with that could have lots of years for wear and tear, and 30 different cities, spreading them out so that they are all affiliated but don't have to live together to be highly enmeshed. Gilad, so this Gilad is on the other side of the Jordan River, in sort of independent-ish independent nations. Um, not in symbolism, but in practicality, you know, being wealthy, having 30 children, um, I think it's a number of multitude, but still something manageable. It's not a number of 70, like Gidon, sort of this massive, gigantic family of uh, 70s, like the 70 nations of the world, 10 times 7. It's like full, total, gigantic completeness. Almost too, not too many children. They're, they're all a blessing, but too many to be involved in, too many to manage. 30 is almost like creating a company uh, uh, with... Um, sub companies you know create company with departments that you can still manage it's like a number a, a plethora of people um while still not being too many and i guess 10 10 is completeness three you know chacham bin adas chesed givor tiferes it's sort of the um it's like a status quo with the number three there's um two is an issue third is machria things, things are decided things are laid down the third is tiferes the sixth is you sowed so there's a certain amount of balance but still having excessiveness there you know yosef yisro extra so interestingly i noticed that if people are making money avodazara and evil people are not always worried about that nasty avodazara people or destroyers a lot a lot of times they think yeah it's okay i'll just crumble society we'll get to those rich people eventually well, we're going to destroy society and make it 
dis disgusting and immoral from the ground up. And uh, don't worry about those rich people. They're not as powerful as you think. And I believe, you know, again, we're not trying to get too political, but during Trump's time recently, there, there was a lot of economic success. Attribute it to what you want to attribute it to. But it's very interesting that the, you know, the people who are the real evil ones trying to destroy society, they didn't directly take out Trump. They just did all these things to malign him and wait till he's gone and now we do our naughty, we do our naughty things. Ha ha ha. It, it would almost be worse to do something dramatic to take him out. Whatever, you know, in, in many ways that could mean. Um, it's a funny thing. So, Yair found a way to be successful in these evil times. It wasn't through human capital and connecting people in Israel and making a trade route in businesses, but he, he found his area. He... He uh, believed in God, monotheism, and he he went for it. So that's what I believe this message of Yoyer is, that we must shake off the Avodah tyranny and brainwashing, evil symbolism, and be steady and keep going to work. Keep prospering, keep get, uh, supporting our family, getting involved in the family, keep hustling. In terms of psychology and Midos, it is interesting. Yisod and Hod are, they do have similarities. They overlap for a year, as I said. Um, Hod, they're both sort of related to emotions and people. They're the more, most human side. For all those Myers-Briggs people, Hod is like INFJ, ENFP. And Yisod is like ENFJ. What does it mean? You know, people who th think about ideas and feelings and they relate to the emotional side of things counselor type or like a extroverted teacher helper um counselor type enfj sort of people who are a little bit more laying down business and aspirations and assertiveness um but you know hode is to you so what emotions is to psychology there are connections and overlap you know without Emotions, you don't have psychology, but psychology is something more. It's something more advanced in principles and elaborate interconnected components and thinking. But Hode is not just Hode. It's extremely powerful, the Mida of Aharon. Um, in any event, uh, you know, in our world, generosity is down, creativity is down, and that's a shame. It should not happen. We need to turn down the baloney programming and news and turn up our own endeavors, uh, financial success, and human contact, human connection. Finally, it seems strange that certain Shvatim, certain tribes, are permitted to live outside of Israel. It's consecrated as Israel, but it's not quite the same holiness. And I have a theory that the, the Shvatim, the tribes that live over there, have the sociological personality that they can do well in business and handle the outside world better. Okay, so they want to live there because they have so many sheep. They need The sheep need to eat. The animals, cattle, all forms of cattle need to eat. That's your business there. And on the other side of the Jordan River, it's really outside of Israel. It's not as quote-unquote religious. Uh, so it makes sense. So Reuben, uh, Reuben is, a, we talked about extroverted Gevura. You know, even though Gevura could be very adaptive to the secular and naughty and all that. This is talking about someone who can really take charge and be a leader, extroverted, involved, bring bring his self-control to the public domain, living there. Menasha we spoke about, half of Menasha is there. That's Yosef living outside. 
Ephraim is not there. I believe Ephraim is a little more emotional than Menashe. That's like the ENFJ versus ENTJ. It's sort of the more emotional side of things. He needs to be the heart and soul of Jewish people, bringing them together. That's Yosef in prison, talking about feelings. Whereas Menashe is um, someone who's a little more assertive and bold. I think, and I think it's a little ironic. That I think I think for the Yosef person in my book, I put Ephraim just because it's a Yosef name. I wanted to hide the name of the real person there for that business, but in any event, it doesn't really matter. That person is emotional too, whatever. Bless us all. God bless us all. Um, and then you have God. I learned that God, I believe, was Chesed Malchus. So I, I met people Chesed Malchus that own businesses and in a secular world and out there. They do very well for themselves. Um, but that's in line with the ongoing debate between Yosef and his co-religionist and the brothers it's not ideal to live outside of israel though the midrash rabbah says they were exiled first because they chose to live outside of israel even though it was allowed so the lesson today is once again avoid the programming you know pe people most people just sort of not most don't say that bailey i'm not editing this out i'm not editing that part out we should all be okay with our mistakes many 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 people believe seriously the talking point they heard on the news they but they agree with the line they saw the headline they saw on facebook or in their you know google news feed but real objectivity takes more research alternative sources authentic alternative media investigative journalism we need to shake it off cut, cut out that pipeline we need to shake it off we need to live our lives, you know, uh, just because we hear about this awful thing. You didn't hear about other awful things before. They're on the other side of the world, yeah? We don't need to live in fear. We must ground ourselves, keep getting involved in emotional health, supporting others on a higher level, not just an animalistic level. We are higher order beings. We're humans. Entrepreneurial endeavors, supporting family, socializing and doing what's healthy for us. And in that way, we fight against the evil of our times thank you for listening to the seven ways podcast say for shoftim on this downstream from religion podcast feel free to email me with comments or questions to rabbi rabbibailey.com please give me a good rating or any feedback uh, email me subscribe follow me on twitter's all my twitter's handles uh, at ian paul bailey paul with two l's bailey l-e-y the number seven ways the number the number seven ways wellness and i'm wishing you a wonderful healthy happy day mm -hmm.